Welcome to Changemaker Rehab. Changing the world is exhilarating and overwhelming. Join me, Heather McDougall, as I host bold leaders, entrepreneurs, artists, and changemakers on the front lines of the world's most pressing challenges. Discover what it means to be empowered by your mission rather than consumed by the magnitude of the problem you're trying to solve. Together, step-by-step, we stand on the legacy of others and create the world we dream about. Welcome, Jazz, to Changemaker Rehab. I'm so happy that you are here with me. Oh, and for anyone listening, I'm Heather McDougall, the host. And today we have Jazz from Turn Signal is his current current project and company. But I know there's so much more to what Jazz has going on. So thank you for being here, Jazz. No, I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Uh, excited for the conversation today and, and just to talk about what we're doing and, and kind of what it's what we're trying to do across the country and, and the world. So looking forward to it. Thanks for having me. It's so cool. Well, the first like big question I love to ask is what is your, what's your dream? What's your dream for the world, for your community, whatever comes to mind, just what's that dream that you have in front of you? Yeah, I think when I think of uh, my dream, it, it always ties to what I can do, hopefully in, in the landscape of that dream. And so, you know, I'm, I'm a lawyer from the state of Minnesota with a computer science undergrad degree. So my dream is to, is to leverage my skills to be a part of a larger ecosystem that is creating a safer, more healthy environment for everybody. Uh, specifically, what I'm doing now is in, is in the kind of interaction with law enforcement space. Um, and so that's what I'm really excited about. And I always say, you know, turn signal, as I'm sure we'll get into, is, is a product that works to keep everyone safe when they're driving. Um, and if I can ensure that whenever someone is pulled over, they're in an accident, they call their family members and say, hey, you know, I, I was pulled over, but everything's fine. I use turn signal. Uh, that's my goal because I want you that ubiquity to say that everyone feels safer when they're out on the road or feels safer in knowing that their children have it or their partner or their loved one or anyone along those lines. So that's my goal is to improve the safety that everyone feels day to day when they're out and about. I'm just so excited. I mean, you brought up turn signal. Let's just, let's jump right into it. We'll go some other places too, but you described it like just turn signal. That's how you and I met is through the venture fund that I work with. And, but I'm just so inspired and like amazed by like how much you're already doing and impacting. So just talk a little bit like, yeah, what, what is turn signal and why yeah. do why do people care? Yeah, so my uh, Turn Signal is a company that was founded by myself and two other men here in the Twin Cities. We now are up to just short of a dozen employees, I think. And and it's simple. It's an it's an app. Uh, it's a platform you can have on your phone. And when you're pulled over or in an accident, you you can use voice command or press one button, and it instantly starts recording that interaction and video conferences an attorney to be on the phone with you in that moment of need, twenty four seven, three sixty five. Uh, you know, there's there's telelegal and there's emergency medicine or there's telemedicine. Medicine, and there's emergency medicine. We're kind of merging all of these into this telelegal space where someone can be there at a moment's notice when you need them, whether it's 1.37 in the morning or three o'clock in the afternoon. We want to have someone to be in the car with you, your loved one, or anyone else to ensure that we fulfill our mission. And our mission is simple and it's three-pronged. It's to protect drivers' rights, it's to de-escalate these roadside interactions, and third and most importantly, it's to ensure that all drivers and law enforcement can return home safe at the end of every day. And we're thrilled to be bringing this mission, you know, starting here in Minnesota, where a need was was really obvious and and hopefully across the rest of the country, you know, in the next, you know, 18 months at, at a maximum. I think, I mean, obviously you're very skilled at 
communication, right? With your law background, a litigation background. And that's such a valuable skill. I think in this space that you're at, even the way you communicate it, it's like so approachable for everyone, you know, because I think, and I'll say my opinion, right? Unfortunately, when we're talking about like safety and how do especially black and brown communities feel safe, but all of us, but like when you start talking about things like this, it can make people feel real prickly. And I think you do such a wonderful job of demonstrating and communicating authentically of why this matters to all of us. And so just, I want to applaud you for that because it's no. a sensitive area in some ways, even though no. I don't think it should be. <laughs> exactly. And, and and we, I can, you know, realize that and appreciate it because when, when we're having these conversations, we know that as soon as you talk about an interaction with law enforcement, some people's, you know, they're going to get heightened senses of awareness around that conversation. And I always say, you know, the team that we formed here and who built it is, is, is really speaks to that desire to really bridge the gap. We always say we're an app to bridge the gap. You know, my brother graduated from Alexandria Tech's law enforcement program right here in the state of Minnesota. We interviewed over 20 police officers before launching this product from several chiefs of police down to boots on the ground officers in cities like St. Paul. What we were saying is, hey, what can we do? So when you see a turn signal bumper sticker on the back of a vehicle, you feel safer approaching this vehicle than you do in any other interaction you have that day, right? Because the goal, as I said, is to de-escalate and to get everyone home safe. And if we can start with this de-escalated interaction, that is that is really the, the heart of what we're trying to do. And that's also why any attorney on our platform has to go through third-party de-escalation training before they can even answer a call, right? Mm-hmm. It all cuts to, to that core of saying, hey, we aren't here to be adversarial. We aren't a police monitoring app. We're here to ensure that everyone gets home safe and their rights are protected. And whether you're a, a Black man in the city of Minneapolis, like us three co-founders, or you are uh, my wife, who's uh, a white woman from rural Minnesota, who travels by herself and has been in accidents where, or been pulled over where there's not a building in sight for two miles. We understand the value of just having the peace of mind of having someone there with you. And that's really what we're trying to bring to everyone, regardless of their socioeconomic uh, economic status, regardless of the race or ethnicity or anything else. We think it is really universal. You know, you mentioned that there's like a sticker that gets put on the vehicle. And that's something I think is so brilliant. And as you're talking about that, it's like, there's fear in everybody in that situation, in any police yeah. encounter, like no matter, like it's just what we're conditioned to to feel. Yeah. Although I'm like thinking of this children's song that's in my head. I can't remember it. I wish I could sing it. Like I'm a policeman dressed in blue or something like this, mm, right? And yeah. we're like, oh, we're friends, but that's not how we feel. And on the opposite side, like your perspective of the law enforcement too, is like thinking about it. Everybody has the same goal, like really and truly. We everybody has the same goal, and I think it's so powerful what you're doing. And I'm even reflecting on you were talking about your wife. And I remember I grew up in a rural town in North Dakota, and I remember getting pulled over. I was in town, but a small town, and I got pulled over because I rolled through a stop sign and turned. Like I definitely mm-hmm. did, but anyway, and the officer like asked me to get out and get into his car, and this was before I was in law school this was before and I mm-hmm. but it just felt so uncomfortable and I wouldn't close the door and he was like why why don't you close the door I'm like well I'm getting in the car with a strange man like why am I going to close the door <laughs> right. right anyway 
just all of these instances where it's so relevant to so many people. I am curious, what are some of the barriers that you, that you face, like as you're going out and communicating this, we're kind of talking about this in the sense of like sensitivities people have, but how do you perceive the the barriers to moving your mission forward? Yeah, I think part of it is is because of the temperature that has occurred across the country in the last two two years, but you know, over the course of a of generations between law enforcement and civilians. I think it's it's making them aware that we aren't an adversarial uh, party in this conversation, right? That we're trying to help everyone involved, and there's trepidation on all sides of the conversation when we then step into that space, right? So that's one of them is just making the awareness known, and we have to do it on a one to many basis, especially on the law enforcement interaction side, uh, and. And then the other is ensuring that we have folks to be there for these people when they press the button, right? And not just anybody. We're really mission-focused. These aren't paralegals answering the call. They aren't someone, an assistant that works in a law firm. It is an attorney that's answering in the state that you are in, right? If you are pressing the button in California and the, the driver says, I don't know what the laws are around having medical marijuana in the vehicle, the answer is different than in Wisconsin or Minnesota or Chicago. Mm-hmm. And so you have to have a local expert there to answer those calls. And so that's the, the other work that we're putting in is ensuring that when you press that button, it's someone local to you that is answering that practices law in that state. It's really, really important. And we think it's it's critical in this space. It's like the word that I just hear coming across me is trust. It's like trust on every every level. And when I step back and think about change making as a whole, every time we're creating change in the systems and the way people think, we're we're confronted with these edges. And it's about how we help build trust at that friction point, at that edge, because that's mm-hmm. how the edge moves. And like when you were before maybe even turn signal was an idea, or maybe it was an idea, like how how, what happened for you in that process where you were like, okay, there's an edge I want to push. Uh, yeah. There's something I want to change. How did you come about to turn signal or to starting turn signal? Yeah. So uh, again, it, it starts with kind of my own personal background, right? Being a uh, minority in the state of Minnesota has its own like framework that, that it will go into what you want to do. Um, being a lawyer, I, I knew that I was going to go work in corporate law, which I did for, for six years. And I was a professor of law at one of our, our adjunct at one of our law schools here. And I knew I had to build experience before I were to go do something. But I, I mean, there's when I left my last job, I, I published on LinkedIn uh, a credo, a personal credo that I wrote when I was in ethical leadership, of course, uh, at the University of St. Thomas School of Law, my 3L year. And in that credo, it was a two page document, I said that I'm going to go and work and I'm going to try to, you know, make enough money to support my family and to pay off some of my student debt. And then I'm going to leave to pursue work that can help use my law degree to help uh, my community, the African-American community and my, the community beyond that. And that's what I wanted to do from day one. And it's, it's crazy that it worked out that way, but it's, it's really fulfilling, right? And this is leveraging my knowledge as my undergrad is in computer science, uh, my knowledge of the law, all of these things, right? But then what really happened was my two co-founders and I were having conversations after, first after Philando Castile. So my two co-founders grew up in St. Paul. They grew up playing sports with the Castile family. They, mm-hmm. Andre, my our CFO, my co-founder, he went to JJ Hill, the school that Philando worked at at the time of his untimely death, right? This was our community that was being affected directly. How are we going to be change makers in this space? And so that started in 2016, but we, we were young professionals. We didn't know what to do yet. 
And then fast forward to 2020, and, and uh, obviously the, the death of George Floyd reverberated across the world, uh, mm-hmm. starting right here as well. And we started meeting saying, okay, what solution can we build? Uh, a CFO or uh, a finance guy with his MBA, a tech sales guy with his MBA, and myself, a computer science undergrad with a law degree. It's it, it, Those three jobs sound like turns to go already, right? It's it's exactly what we knew that we could build. And so that's what we decided we'd leave in it and start doing it. And we all left our jobs in the in the fall of 2020, just months after you know George Floyd's death was nationally broadcast uh, over and over again. And and it's it's grown and matured into so much more than what we originally started. I always say it's kind of like um, it's like rap music. It started for a specific reason and with a specific group, but now it's it's becoming mainstream, and we're really excited about that. Oh my gosh! And you and Turn Signal have had so many amazing. I'll call them wins <laughs> and just recognitions. Uh, what I, I, I'm thinking of a, a lot of the publicity and in my opinion, well, well earned, <laughs> earned, um, you know, attention and conversations that you've been a part of. What are some highlights that you've experienced of bringing this conversation to well, the world, really? Yeah, it started right here. Minnesota's a thriving location for startups. So it started with winning the Twin Cities uh, Startup of the Year. Uh, that was our, our first major award. And then uh, we won. Um, what I was really excited about was the ABA Tech Show. So the ABA is like the American Medical Association, but for lawyers, it's the American Bar Association. So we won their Startup of the Year last year, which really spoke to me because it, it's great to get recognition from the startup community, but the legal tech community was supporting us in that moment, which felt incredible. So winning that was great. Uh, Gary V, who is a entrepreneur juggernaut and leader in the space, we won the People's Choice yeah. Award at his first annual convention uh, just a few weeks ago, which was amazing oh and exciting. Yeah, and, and I got to meet him and he signed <laughs> the trophy and all the things. And so, and and what it, you know, awards are great, but what it feels like to us as a team, it's validation of the need for what we're doing and recognition externally that there's folks who support it because we hear all too often like, "Wow, it's a great idea. But why hasn't this been done before?" And I could list a few reasons and I you know it's the legal field is archaic and struggles to, to innovate as a whole regardless of anything uh, tech related um, and then there wasn't kind of the 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 right moment for someone to leave and do it right it took three professionals from the state of Minnesota to quit their jobs to do it it's it's not an easy thing to do and it's even harder for a big company to build on their own so and then you know uh, we partnered with Blue Cross Blue Shield which then led to you know Star Tribune and and NBC Nightly News and Lester Holt running a story um all of those have been like the the wow moments for us where we're saying okay there is validation there's excitement around what we're doing and now we just have to continue to push out the message and the word to everyone so they can so they can learn about it and that's what we're trying to do well I'm going to come back to this like the kind of the other side too of wins and just talking about the the other side of the coin and the realities Mm -hmm. that founders founders go through i'm saying that so i don't forget (laughs) make note of it but also i i want to come come to when you were describing when you kind of your journey to starting it i think it's so i think this is a really important point i don't know about you but a lot of times uh change makers people who have a passion of availing feel really called to do something to help society evolve, but they're not quite sure how or what. They just feel that there's this call. And I, I, when you were describing your story, I, I just want to bring this out. It's like you plant the seed, but you knew, hey, I know that I want mm-hmm. to make an impact. So you're already kind of manifesting it. So you're mm-hmm. moving through your life with this 
this sense of, hey, I, I know I want to create positive change or, you know, however that is, you're, I'm not quite sure, I'm not quite sure, but you understand that you are, you're planting the seed and then you're staying attentive and aware and there's an arc to it and then timing. I mean, a lot of us, like, you know, we just, and sometimes we're guessing at timing, so we never really know. But I think when you have that, that intention and then you move, when you really feel that it is like, no matter what comes on the other side, you're going to learn a lot. Um, but I, I just, that idea of like, you planted that seed so many years before turn signal was a thing. Do you have any, like, what comes up for you as I'm kind of talking about that art? Do you have any thoughts or advice for folks who are kind of in that place? Like, I know I want to do something, but I don't quite know what it is. Yeah, I think, um, and, and I'm not, I don't want to butcher the saying and whoever, whoever your listeners are, are probably going to, you know, rake me over the coals for doing it. But I, I think it's like <laughs> luck, luck, luck is a combination of, of preparation and opportunity. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, I, I've gone over the the undergrad degree and the and the, the law degree and I was the director of diversity inclusion at, at my law firm over 300 employees in 15 states um, I was a law professor I spent time in law school in the public defender's office or so all of these things were me preparing for an opportunity that I did not know was going to be that I knew was going to be there one day but I didn't even know what it would be right maybe it was joining it would be joining the equal justice initiative and I'd have a great experience in doing that work if that opportunity would have arose if there was a job opening and they would have reached out to me and said, you'd be good for this, I would have had the right skill set based on the preparation that I that I had been doing over the course of those years, right? And so when that preparation meets that opportunity, that's really when when I think people find luck. And so we hear that a lot. It's like, oh, you were so lucky to be in Minneapolis at the time. And do, well, no, it wasn't luck. My co-founder just received his MBA in, in finance. And my other co-founder just received his MBA and has been working in tech sales forever. We've been preparing for whatever opportunity was coming. And it, of course, the opportunity won't always fit perfectly or won't be exactly what you thought it would be, but it was the exact moment at the exact time for us. And that's what feels so fun. People often are like, hey, we love what you guys are doing. It's so great. Thank you for doing the work. And I'm like, thank you. Thank, thank me. I'm the happiest doing the work in the world. I've never been happier working. I love this work. And so while it's fulfilling uh, personally, it's also exciting every day when I wake up. I don't dr- I don't have the Sunday scares anymore. They don't exist. I get excited on Sundays to be back at work. Um, so it's it's really, you know, when that preparation meets the the opportunity that seems like it's, it's the aha moment for so many people. I love that. I know I've heard it too, but I haven't heard it in that way for a while. And you did such a great job explaining it of exactly like preparation and opportunity. And a couple of things come up for me. Is I often talk with founders and change makers who are feeling, I mean, we could call it burned out. <laughs> and it, it's something that we all have the opportunity to be on the lookout for. And I really, it's one of my passions is to help. I mean, it's I call it burnout because that's kind of what mainstream describes it as. Yeah. But Everybody experiences it differently, but I think this idea of preparation and in a way is you're kind of, you're trusting your preparation and the inspiration, yet you also have a degree of faith that Mm. that opportunity is going to come. And I, I think of this in the way of like tunnel vision. If you, or even for me, it's like when we start out, I think like I went to law school because I wanted to be involved with social change and how does society and our laws interact together and just I don't know. It feels like the right thing to go do. And so it's like we follow these acts of preparation, saying yes, taking actions, 
doing whatever we can, seeing how we're improving ourselves, improving the world along the way. But if I had a tunnel vision of saying like, oh, I'm going to law school and then I'm going to work at a, a law firm that's working on this kind of you know, environmental justice work and this and that, I would have missed these other opportunities that were actually more, I'll say for me, exciting because they were a better Mm -hmm. fit for my zone of genius. And so I think we have a vision, you have that spark and you prepare for it, then be open to the things that are going to come because you can't know something you don't know. No, you couldn't have known that turn signal was going to spark you until you had all these other experiences. So I think that's just the really cool thing. Like preparation and hard work is essential, not getting locked into what you think it's going to be until you have that fire, until that zone of genius is like lit up and you're like, okay, now let's go. Yeah. And I could not agree more. And there's plenty of room to, to test it out, right? There's, uh, you know, the phrase, uh, I forget who's, who, maybe I forget it was a financial expert that I hear from a lot is you, you got to get the boat close enough to the dock before you'll take the jump, right? Test it out. See how close you can get to the dock before you're going to take the leap of faith and, and go into it full time. Maybe try it on the side of, of the work that you're doing right now or, or do it in the evenings as a supplemental thing that you're trying to pursue. Um, it's really hard to be a change maker. Uh, just by snapping your fingers one day and saying, I'm going to quit my job and go do it. You got to get the boat close enough to the dock. You shouldn't jump from the middle of the lake. Yes. There's a, I mean, there's so many people who talk about this, but uh, another, I guess he's a, well, Marty Woodard. I know him from Instagram. I don't know Mm -hmm. if you follow him at all, but there's something that you're saying that reminds me of something that he talks about, right? Like we glamorize this, like quit our jobs and go be like starving founders. And it's, I remember him communicating like keep your job like you gotta eat you gotta be happy you gotta be healthy and I'm like so on board with that I think there's these narratives around what it means particularly to be a founder and this maybe will be kind of a segue into the challenges of being a founder and it's like there's the stories that we hear that we glamorize that I think culture at large kind of glamorizes and I think that's kind of in my personal experience dangerous because we mm-hmm. don't always know like oh am I taking care of myself or not or am I chasing some sort of like accolades for how hard I'm working but right. uh, <laughs> with you and I mean with turn signal or for anything in your life I'm really interested what have been some of these challenges that you've found yourself encountering, like on a very personal level or like the founder's level? Yeah, I think the, the first one that I think of when you when you talk about that, and I think it's so true that there's a litany of different types of challenges. And the first one I think of is, uh, I am so excited about the work that I could be doing it 24 seven, but I have a wife and I have three kids, four and under, and I have, uh, I'm on several nonprofit boards. I do a, you know, I'm going to one of those tonight, this evening. And it's, it's knowing that you have to have some kind of stop at some point, right? I could answer email. I was just telling them this week, I could go to a log cabin with my computer and Wi-Fi, and I could work for 24 hours straight for a week straight and still not feel like I'm caught up. And that, that for me is, is one boundary that you do have to set at some point. And the other that I've really seen in myself is that hiring a team and knowing that they aren't going to have that same passion every day that you do, or they can't, no one can have the passion that a founder can have oftentimes is, is something that you really have to understand and how to have a healthy relationship with employees and all of those things where, you know, our team is growing what seems like every day. And you have to make sure that you're, you're hiring with consciously with that in mind. Um, my dad always says, you know, 
when he's excited about things and how I feel about my work. Like I get, I walk through hell with gasoline underwear on for the work that I'm doing. Right. And I can't expect everyone to have that same. Um, but, but hiring and, and finding those people is, is really uh, important to the work that you, that you're doing. And so I think as a founder, those are two of the things that, that I think of most. And then of course, building something that's sustainable and grow, growing, you, you have to ensure that uh, it's not just a good idea, that it's uh, it's a business model and a company that can be sustainable and grow in the future. So that's, those things are, are ever present on, on my mind as a founder. I mean, yes, boundaries all the time. And I work a lot with even like one-on-one now with founders of oh, for-profit, nonprofit, anything, but it's like, ah, oh, how do we set those boundaries? Because like you said, like, especially when you start, you're just like all in so for it, you know, and you're just, you're pumped all the time about it. And, and that continues, but this is the other part. So it's like your relationship to your company evolves as it grows. And that's kind of what you find. It's like, we can't literally physically, we can't sustain 24 mm-hmm. seven all the time. Like it physically is not possible. And then we have other things that are important. So like, what are those values? What are the things we care about? And how do we learn to set boundaries that help everything grow? Um, and there's also something in there that I'm forgetting what I was going to say about it. You talked no. about boundaries. You talked yeah, about ba- boundaries and employees and bringing, bringing oh, employees. them along the journey. Yeah. Yeah, thank you. Because I think this relates to how our relationship to the company evolves. Because I love that. Like, yeah, you are going to have the the biggest fire. And that's exactly the way it should be. And like, we the world need your fire. So amazing. Speaking of that boundaries help you keep your fire going. Uh, But with those teams, it's like, oh, yeah, the relationship changes, you're not a bootstrap founder, this (laughs) you become a founder and a leader. And then at the same time, I find like the company takes on a personality that becomes separate from yours, you've infused it, but it's separate. And I think those are each very challenging stages to navigate as a founder like do you have any like what have you found as you're moving through the, this process what helps you evolve that relationship first of all i get a lot of advice from the smartest person i know which is my wife and she's she she works she's been in corporate america for you know her entire career as well and and she you know she'll catch me in moments where i'll say well i'm going to go into the office on a holiday maybe or i'm going to do this or that and it, it's what she advises and what i think is just gold is you have to understand what your employees see and what they're thinking they have to do or the bar that is being set for them as well. Hey, if you're not feeling too good and you're still logging on and working, are they going to feel pressure to do that? Hey, if you're working on a holiday, are Mm -hmm. they going to feel pressure to do that? Um, Are they going to feel guilty for not doing that? How my decisions as a founder, even that fire that keeps me working more than 40, 50 hours, how does that then look to them? Does it look encouraging or does it look scary, right? Um, and you have to recognize that. And then that also takes me to reflecting on former bosses that that I have, or I've had. I've had, you know, bosses that swear and slam the door in your office so hard that the pictures fall off the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had bosses that uh, don't care about deadlines too much and then we all get in trouble. And where you fall on this continuum of, of leadership, of, of team, of working as a team, uh, is is really important, and I, you know, I'm I'm ever conscious, or I try to be ever conscious of how I interact with our teammates because I want them to be just as happy as I am day in day out. Totally, it's like the your why expands. You have your why of like mm-hmm. your mission for the purpose of your company. 
And as you're describing this, like, as I'm seeing it, it's like, yes. And for your mission to succeed, you have this expanded why of, I care that my team and my company is forming in a culture that aligns with the values and the way that I want it to become. So it's like, you have the fire for your cause and then you get to expand. Like you literally expand the energy that you're holding and carrying as the founder, as you, you're helping to cultivate an entire culture in pursuit of your mission. I think it's so beautiful. And we should just, maybe your, your wife can just become like everybody's, that's the next app, your wife. That's hey, right. are you sure you need to go? Into the <laughs> yeah. My wife was like, is that a good decision for you and your employees? Like in your yeah. own time, that's good. And uh, every, everyone's productivity will shoot through the roof. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. Oh my gosh. This is such a good conversation. And you know, I know we can kind of like turn the corner here and and uh, wrap this conversation up at least. But I think, well, what is something, is there anything that kind of feels like it's on your head or on your heart that you would really like to just communicate right now? Yeah, you know, um, the the one thing that we haven't talked about that I think is, is important from a turn signal lens is that we've talked a lot kind of in the B2C realm, but it's really important for folks to know that Turn Signals partnered with over 14 organizations, um, and we're looking to do that more and more every day. Um, whether you're a healthcare provider, whether you're a, a food service industry organization or anything in between, we like to say, let's partner in one of two ways. Let's get Turn Signal to all of your employees so they can feel safe driving to or from work with their kids in a basketball tournament on the weekend. You already give them health and dental and sometimes pet insurance. Uh, what a great way to speak to your employees about the value that, how you value them in this time of the great resignation, in this time of work of, of improving how, you know, people forget diversity, equity, inclusion. They forget the eye of inclusion. How are people feeling inclusion when they're at the organization? Mm. Uh, here's a great way to bolster the work you're doing there. Um, so whether you're a company that's looking to help us do that, which is partnership one, or two, give it to members of the community uh, that need it most. Uh, we uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield is a great example of that. They said, hey, we're going to write a check so we can ensure that every resident in the city of Brooklyn Center has turned signal at no cost to them. Um, and, if, and, and we want to do that because we want to build this bridge with you. We want to be part of the story of the app that bridges this gap. So that is is really important work, work we're doing. So we've partnered with everyone from Caribou Coffee to Blue Cross Blue Shield to iHeartMedia, uh, Lurie, an accounting firm here. Uh, it's so many others to say, hey, we want to be a part of this work. So whether you're one of those individuals at a company that wants to be a part of, of changing the world as we see it, uh, please make sure to reach out and connect with us because we're, we're really excited to partner with you. Yes. Oh, I'm so glad you said that. I mean, yeah, I'm all about drawing connections. It's like talking about company culture as well as social culture. I believe so much that business is a very powerful tool for change. And that absolutely goes for what the business is contributing to the world as well as its as its team. And yes, I love how you said that. Like you have the com- companies are saying they care about diversity and inclusion. It's like here is like a very simple way to make a really big impact and to demonstrate to the community and to your team like how how you care and yeah, I'm just such a big fan and I'm like so happy for you and for your team and I know that there's a lot of a lot a lot a lot of hard work that that goes into it and stress, I'm sure, but you know, I'm cheering for you and so many people are as well. Thank you so much for 
being here. Thank you so much <laughs> for your kind words and and for your 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 sentiment. Uh, we're happy, like I said earlier, to be doing the work. It's fulfilling on our end as well. Um, and thank you for for using your platform and the work you're doing in the kind of ESG space. Whether it's it's all things you know improving our society. Um, thank you for for the work you're doing in this space and and letting us uh, elevate what we're doing with your platform. We appreciate. Yes. It. Oh man, we all we all rise. We're all one. We're all That's in right. this together. Okay. Last, last thing. Where can people find you? Businesses, consumers, like how do we, how do we get the, get you connected? Yes. So turnsignal.com and it's turnsignal without the A. Uh, people ask why it's because there's a lack of access to justice and that's what we're here to do mm. is to is to plug that in so turn signal uh it's spelled t-u-r-n-s-i-g-n-l.com uh you can email me uh our, our info emails on the website uh and then lastly uh find me on linkedin jazz hampton on linkedin i am super active on linkedin so i'd love to connect with anyone whether you think it'd be good for your business to connect with us or whether you just want to uh learn more about what we're doing feel free to find me there. Love it. And we'll link all of that below the podcast episode and we'll share it on all the places. That's it for this episode. Everybody definitely reach out to Jazz. I know for myself as a founder, when you say you want, you're open to it, you really are. So yes, really do am. It. Yes. <laughs> all right. Uh, for this episode, we will sign off. Thank you so much. Awesome.